Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. This is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. Today is Thursday, April 29th, and it is almost May. I can't believe it's already almost May, and uh, it's our guest day. And we are uh, excited to have a local pastor here, uh, Ryan Jorgensen. Ryan is a SWAT guy. He comes to the St. Augustine SWAT group. I've had the privilege of getting to know Ryan uh, uh, really over the past few months. And uh, we had heard about each other about a year and a half ago, I think maybe a couple of years ago. And uh, our paths just couldn't get together until uh, a year or so ago. And uh, now Ryan is uh, actually planting a church in uh, the north, kind of the north northwest St. John's area, Ryan? Yeah. Yeah. So northwest St. John's area called Salvation Church. And uh, he's going to be sharing some of that uh, here today. But uh, we're excited to have him. Ryan is a brother who loves uh, sharing the gospel. He loves uh, discipleship. He loves the Lord. He is a child of God and began a relationship with Christ a long time ago. And uh, uh, he's got one bad habit. Oh, he likes swimming laps. I don't know why people like doing that because I, I wouldn't say I like it. Okay. I do it because there's few other exercises that burn as many calories as quickly yeah. But I don't really enjoy it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't like it at all because I always feel like I'm drowning when I'm trying to swim laps. But welcome to SWAT Radio, Ryan. We're glad you could join us today. Well, thank you, Doug. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, uh, we share a lot of common likes. Um, you know, Ian Bounds, John Piper, uh, John MacArthur, um, those kind of uh, people who have been used in our lives to influence us. Uh, tell us a little bit about your journey of faith. I, I shared that you came to Christ fairly early. You were drawn to him. Um, you grew up in Indiana. What was the spiritual landscape up there like for you growing up? Yeah, so yeah, I, I appreciate you asking the spiritual landscape because I think one part, important part of my formation and my coming to Christ was my parents were first-generation believers themselves. Uh, my mother gave her life to the Lord, was radically born again right around when I was born. And then my dad, he held off, held off for a good five years until I was around five. And then he finally gave in and, and was born again. So by the time my mother shares the gospel with me right, right after my dad's salvation, but even in that time, even at like five years old, I could see the spirit of God changing my mom and my dad in front of my eyes. Like I could see them, you know, say, Hey, let's not say those words anymore. You know, let's not watch that movie anymore. I saw the spirit changing my parents all the way up to even age five, which really is scary when you think of young kids and what they can actually pick up on. Yeah. Yeah. And so by the time my mom then shares the gospel with me, simple, simple version of it, um, 
you know, I, I was like, absolutely, I want to give my life to Jesus. And I had no question he was real because mm-hmm. when my mother and my father would pray, it was like Jesus was in the room. You just couldn't see him, but he was real. So I never had to work through like the religion versus the relationship confusion that a lot of people have, at, you know, if they if they grow up in the church. Mm-hmm. Jesus was real and there was a relationship to be had with him as I saw my parents and God opened my eyes to see my sin and gave me the gift of faith and repentance at age five. Well, um, hey, uh, I, Steve, I don't know if you can hear me in here. Uh, I think you can. Uh, Meridian is having a problem here. And by the way, uh, I will give a shout out to, uh, to our listeners in uh, Virginia on the Lighthouse and also WMER and Meridian. If you're listening now, uh, I just, uh, I've let our uh, producer know, so he is working on that. Uh, uh, apparently they're having some kind of uh, broadcast issue. But for our listeners here in Jacksonville, it's good because Ryan is here and he's planning this church here. And so, Ryan, take us through uh, your call to ministry because uh, did you know early on, like in high school or college, that that's where God was leading or was that something you started doing and then God called you out of a Uh, a field of uh, work out there where you were working out in the world. Right. Yeah. So God's calling on my life was really early. I remember about 10 years old in a church service when uh, some missionaries came and spoke at the church and they had a time when they said, Hey, if you think God might be calling you to serve the Lord as a missionary overseas, raise your hand. And I raised my hand. Now I, and, and I thought that's what it was. The Lord was calling me to be an overseas missionary you press fast forward all the way then I go to Christian college and I'm studying to become a history uh, teacher in school as my tent making skill to teach that overseas uh-huh. to be a missionary. But um, through my freshman year, God was was now shaping, clarifying that call that mm-hmm. he wanted me to be a sending pastor and honestly, a missionary here in North America, in the United States, uh, and, and so forth as well. And, and so he used various means. Uh, a lot of it was speaking through fellow students. They'd ask me what my major is, or actually they would they would actually say it. They'd say, oh, you're probably a Christian ministry major, think, you know, which was the degree to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, no, I don't want to be a pastor. I actually fought God's calling uh, to be a pastor in the States because my number one fear, my number one fight with him, was speaking in front of people. In fact, even doing something like this, I, I would have never done this, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, when I was growing up and into college and so forth. But I'll, I'll never forget when I kneeled down on my futon in my dorm room, and I, I was a mess. It was the start of my sophomore year, and I knew God was calling me to become a pastor in the States and switch my major. And I got down and said, God, I'm going to switch my major, but I need you to help me with this speaking in front of people thing. And the rest is history. Mm-hmm. And so he he drew you. And explain what a sending pastor is for people listening out there. What does it mean to be a sending pastor? You know, I don't know if there is a specific definition to be found anywhere. I'll just say what I mean by it. And, and there's, a, there's a big difference. There's a lot of pastors, obviously, great. Thank God for every one of them. But there's a big difference between a pastor in the States who's reaching where they're at and a pastor in the States who's not just reaching where they're at, but also 
reaching across to the ends of the earth, really taking the Great Commission to the ends of the earth. And and, and that means everything from, hey, let's have short-term teams go from our church to to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. And then let's also be praying, looking for uh, people that God might be calling to be full-time missionaries overseas, but really have a heart for missions and, and is praying and working towards sending people from their church. That's, and, that's how I define no, that. No, that's good. And, uh, and you started off as an associate pastor uh, in Indiana, yes. right? And then you pastored a church in, uh, in two in Indiana, right? Right. And then one over in Des Moines, Iowa, and then God brought you to Florida. I, I want to go back. Well, first, before I go to that, uh, we, uh, we're probably going to have a break here in a second, but you have a wife named Holly and how many children? Three children. Josiah is 10. I'm sorry, 14. Josiah is 14. Abram is 10 and Nevaeh is eight. And and so you and your family are in this northwest community or north community of St. John's County. And these meetings, I just want to remind people again, Salvation Church is a new church plant in this area. It's a new gathering of a faith community. And uh, May 7th, they were having a meeting at Fruit Cove Baptist Church. That's Fruit Cove Baptist Church. They're going to have a kind of a vision meeting. So if you live in and around that area, or if you just would uh, like to come uh, support Ryan and, and listen to the vision for, I'm going to have him share in just a second, their core values, but uh, May 7th at 7 p.m. And then Sunday, May 23rd at 1230 p.m., uh, both at Fruit Cove Baptist. And you just show up. Kids are welcome. You always love to hear that, right? That's right. Especially if you got kids. And they have a uh, Facebook page, Salvation Church Jacks. It's Salvation Church Jacks. And, uh, you know, um, real quick, two-minute elevator speech on the vision, uh, like the five core values, or like for SWAT we have five, core values of Salvation Church. Yeah, so the two-minute version, I'll just list them without much explanation, but uh, we want to be known for five things for the glory of the Lord in the community. For our biblical saturation, for our brave evangelism, for our compelling community as believers, for our exponential discipleship, both individual disciples who make disciples as well as church planting, where church that plants churches, and then fifth, for our passionate worship of Jesus Christ. We want to be known for those five things. Good. So one more time, biblical biblical saturation. Saturation. What do you mean by saturation? Everything we do needs to have scripture backing it up, or else why are we doing it? Okay. And we're going to constantly reference scripture so we don't lose sight of the source of authority of what we're doing. And then uh, brave witness, evangelism, people, yeah, brave evangelism. People. Yeah. So we're going to not be afraid to get into the community and and not just do i would say soft evangelism events like inflatables and families uh-huh. come but but even literally go door to door in love and offer to pray with people and and if they want to do a bible study and and so more of a brave evangelism uh and and specifically even target um ethnic groups in our area and figure out how to wait, how to go to their homes, literally go to their homes and love. What an idea, actually go out into the world. I know, it's kind of foreign to us, but not to Jesus. Imagine that. Yeah. Well, and, and well, when we come back, I'll let you expound a little bit on the compelling community idea 
and exponential discipleship and passionate worship. And just as a reminder, uh, you're listening to SWAT Radio on 91.7 here in Jacksonville, 91.9, St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia, on the Lighthouse in Virginia, and hopefully on WMER in Meridian. Hopefully we got that going in Mississippi. And we're going to be back with more Ryan Jorgensen as our guest, Pastor Ryan, uh, after the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. Hey, this is Doug McCary. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. And uh, you're listening to our guest day today on SWAT. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And I'm here with a warrior today, Ryan Jorgensen. Pastor Ryan Jorgensen is planning a church called Salvation Church in um, the North St. John's area. They're going to be uh, having a couple of vision meetings over at Fruit Cove Baptist Church, Fruit Cove Baptist Church. Uh, one is going to be May 7th at 7 p.m. That's a Friday night, May 7th at 7 p.m. So that's a week from tomorrow. And then the, the next one they have will be in May, May 23rd at 1230 p.m. That's a Sunday. So, you know, uh, Ryan, tell everybody what the purpose of those vision meetings are. I mean, vision, obviously, to cast vision, but... Uh, you said kids are welcome. What will you be going over at those particular meetings for people here in the Florida area? Yeah, basically an extended version of what we're going to you know, touch on today. But just what, what is this church about? What do we believe? Um, how do we want to reach those who are separated from Christ with the gospel? Um, how are, do we want to make disciples then who will make disciples? How are we going to get the gospel not just across the street, but around the world as a local church, and then other logistics of the specific church, and when are we going to launch, and where are we going to launch, and I can definitely cover some of that stuff today, but, you know, just, and, and then have people be able to ask questions as well, but what we're looking for at this point in the phase is we hope to launch by the fall public worship services with children's ministry during those services uh, from newborn all the way to fifth grade, 
To be able to do all of that, we need enough core group of Christians who are the workers and the servants that are going to launch such a church to reach this area into the ends of the earth with the gospel through this. Well, what do you say, Ryan, to the guy out there uh, or the couple or the family who says, but there's so many churches here. Why another church? Yeah, right? that, that, that's a such an important question. It's a question I ask because, uh, you know, I want every moment of my life to count until Jesus brings me home. I know you do, too. And so you ask yourself, why am I doing anything? It better count. And so why am I, why are we going to go plant a church in this area? Well, in North St. John's County, uh, it, it, back in 2018 and wait, waiting on the new census data to come out, but even then, and it hasn't slowed down, the population growth has has uh, it's the eighth fastest growing county in the whole United States of America. Just recently, LinkedIn did a study, and Jacksonville Metro is the second fastest metro in growing metro in the whole U.S. right now wow. through the pandemic. I live in the area. I'm telling you, the pandemic has not slowed down the growth at all. And so you have population growth. I mean, there's over 10,000 people a year that move into North St. John's County or into St. John's County a year. I mean, that's, a less, that's, that's almost the size of town I grew up in every year. Mm-hmm. Then you add on top of the population growth, the spiritual status of those that live there. I've looked at three different studies and they all would say that basically eight to nine out of every 10 people that live in this area are not born again and are not saved by Jesus well, say, Christ. I want you to say that again, because if you're out there listening uh, and you're in this area of Florida, I mean, this is probably fairly true. I would say in a lot of places in our country, probably the the further north you go, I would say even more people uh, would be more likely to profess not believing. But eight to nine people out of every ten, that's amazing. It is. And and, and to be honest, I, w- I would agree just by living in that area and talking with people um, that even if someone says they that maybe they're a certain Christian, Christian, but you can tell that they don't really know what the gospel message is. And that you can tell they don't they, – they have no fruit that shows it. They don't go to church. They – you know, and so you have that mixed in there as well. But there's such a need. I'll put it this way: I've 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 not spoken to any pastors. I've spoken to a lot of pastors in in that area. Mm-hmm. And when they learn that we're planting a church, I've never had one say, "Well, why are you coming here? We don't need more churches." Every one of them has said, "Thank God, we have so many people already. We have more people coming. We need more biblically solid, life giving, gospel centered churches." And they're thankful that it's coming. That's great. That that really is a, a great. And again. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about a church plant in North St. John's County called Salvation Church, and it's uh, meeting uh, on May 7th at 7 p.m. on Friday for a vision meeting, again, Sunday on May 23rd at 1230. Listen, you can go to their Facebook page at Salvation Church Jacks. That's Salvation Church Jacks, or you can send Ryan an email for more information, Ryan, R-Y-A-N, at SalvationChurch.life. That's Ryan at SalvationChurch.life. Well, Ryan, I know uh, you have served on staff, you said, at a church for 10 years. Then you've uh, been part of uh, uh, being a senior pastor at a church and planting a church. So you've done the church plant thing before. What are some of the things that people out there listening can be praying for for you as you seek to 
help the community reach these eight to nine out of every 10 people in this community for Christ? Yeah, I think that's a great question. We cherish prayers, you know, specifically praying for us and then what to pray for. Two things, people and provisions. Um, we, we need, again, enough Christians, people who, who will launch these services. Because if, if Holly and I show up and say, we're having a church, we're going to have church service, worship during the service, children's ministry for newborn all the way to fifth grade, and we're the only two people there, it's just not going to happen, yeah. right? So we need enough Christians that God is stirring their hearts to say, we want to help be a part of this and be used of God to, to start a church that, by God's grace, is going to impact the area in just a, a couple years and beyond even to the ends of the earth as we send people. And so we need people. Pray for us to have people that, that they hear about us. They're ca- called by the Lord. They jump on. The other thing is provisions, is, is anything in ministry. We live in the world that, that has money and, and takes money. And so we need finances to continue to keep it going. So you need God to sell a few cattle, huh? That's right. Okay. That's right. Since he owns all of them. Well, uh, you know, I'm, you being in uh, ministry for a long time, uh, and serving on staff and as a pastor. Uh, one of the questions that came up yesterday, you know, we're in Acts, you know, as we're working through Acts, and we were dealing with division in the church in Acts chapter 6. Ha- have you seen that in your tenure as a staff person where a church actually got divided uh, over an issue i'm just curious because we didn't rehearse this at all i'm just asking because that's what we're covering yeah have, have you seen that absolutely and i actually love not having things rehearsed or no i love being put on the spot just so you know yeah, so yeah. um but absolutely you know even in church plant world okay as i call it like in church planting <laughs> to be honest there are people who say we planted this church and really when you learn the details it was actually a split mm-hmm it, it, there's a big difference between a church that is saying there's a need of more people to come to know Christ, and, and, and some of us are going to multiply off from our great churches we're a part of to go start a new thing for the kingdom to advance, right? That's a church plant. And then, but sadly, you get these church splits where there's some reason in the church, and, and, and even within church splits, though, let me make this clear. I believe there's holy splits and there's unholy splits. So a holy split would be that... Sadly, the leadership of a church has gone down a pretty bad hole theologically, morally, something that's just grieving the Holy Spirit. The people of the church have done everything they can to try to bring reconciliation and holiness back to the church. But over time, if the leadership just stiffens their neck, that there might need to be a holy split, okay? And um, I was a part of a denomination back years ago. They're having a holy schism right now, in my opinion. And it, you hate to see it happen, but it needs to happen. Mm-hmm. But then there's a lot of unholy ones where people are dividing over things that just are not worth dividing over. And one thing that was interesting, Doug, I didn't get to share this with you when we were covering that passage in Acts 6 last uh, last, last week, week yeah. was, you know what's really interesting about that? You had, you had language barriers, you had culture barriers between the Hellenistic and the Jewish, and you know what was never brought to the table as a possibility? Well, why don't we, you know, start two churches because we just can't get along? Yeah. Do you notice that was any? It wasn't even on the table. No. You know, and, and I'm just going to cross into another realm if you don't mind. But like we sit here and say, well, because we have two cultures, we must have an, a church just for that culture. We need to have a separate church for that culture. 
Here they have not just cultural, but even language differences, but they stay together. So I think the heart of God is unity, fighting for it. And it should be very rare that churches actually split unless they're proactively multiplying. Yeah. Yeah. Where they're, yeah, you're right. Where they're multiplying the, you know, it's interesting about um, that text because I've had a couple of questions and I did want to clarify, you know, you, the Hellenistic Jews were Jews too. They were, they were just Jews from outside of Israel. And, and the term Hebrew was used for the Jews that were Israeli Jews or Palestinian Jews. And so as they were dealing with that particular division within the church, there was only one church there. Our problem is now we have multiple denominations, and even within denominations we have different sects. So one of the questions that uh, came up uh, yesterday when I was talking to Taylor and we were kind of working through this, we, we, we were walking through this week's text which is um you know we kind of we're, we're kind of going through that that text we covered at swat last week and he asked the question well when is it like what's an issue that's worthy of a split or leaving that's basically what he's asking you know like is is homosexuality like let's say the leadership of the church and and if you want to say any sin just because i know that's a cultural hot topic so you could say any sin, but somebody who says, you know what, this is not worthy of really disciplining people out of the body. Is that worthy of splitting off from a church or not going to that church? That was posed to me. So you're a pastor. I want to ask you and put you on the spot. Yeah. So um, I, I think a big thing is, again, going back to you know what our church wants to be known for, biblical saturation, and really every believer so we look at this. We look at the scriptures, and what do we see there? There's not a list saying here's the holy list and here's the unholy list, right? Yeah. So we got some examples and things in there. The trend, what we see, is unity. But um, I think each each believer just needs to pray through those things. But I, I think one for sure is a a major Orthodox Christian doctrine that all Christians should hold to. But if a church leadership gives up on one of those, you have to pray. You have to realize we're in an unorthodox heretical church. Yeah, and and that's kind of what I said. I mean, we're, we got to go to a break, but I want to explore that a little bit more when we come back so people can hear your, your heart on the matter. Hey, you're listening to uh, Ryan Jorgensen. He's the pastor of uh, Salvation Church. They are going to start meeting soon, and we'll get into that when we come back from the break. But they have a vision meeting coming up May 7th at 7 p.m., May 23rd at 12.30 p.m., And uh, you can come, bring your kids. He'd love to have you come to that. You're listening to SWAT Radio. We'll be back with more after our news break on the half hour. There is good news for the captive. Good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walks away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. I'm so glad you can join us today. Hey, we are 
uh, doing a SWAT Zoom uh, tonight at 7 p.m. It's every Thursday at 7. You are welcome to join us, but you have to send me an email for me to send you a link to that. And we cover at the SWAT Zoom what I covered this morning and yesterday at the SWAT meetings and what I'll cover tomorrow in St. Augustine. We are in Acts chapter 6, verses 8 through 15. We'll be looking at the life of Stephen, and uh, who was just an incredibly, incredibly impactful man, even though his life was very short. And so uh, that's what we're looking at tonight. Send me an email at Doug at, at, at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. We're talking with uh, Ryan Jorgensen today. He's a pastor of Salvation Church. It's a new church. It's going to be uh, starting soon down in St. Well, not it's St. John's County, northern St. John's. They're having two informational meetings at uh, Fruit Cove Baptist Church on May 7th at 7 p.m. and also on May 23rd at 1230 p.m. Uh, on Sunday. And he would love for you to join us. Welcome to bring the kids. For more information, you can send him an email at ryan at salvationchurch.life. That's Ryan, R-Y-A-N, at SalvationChurch.life. He'll be happy to send you out uh, an email, and you can also get more info by going to their Facebook page, Salvation Church Jacks. Well, Ryan, before the break, we were talking a little bit about the subject of when is it, when is an issue, uh, let's just say a sin issue or a an issue of difference of opinion on an issue, worth leaving the church over or splitting the church over you've got some people that say and we're not talking about like gray areas of scripture but we're also not talking about jesus and the cross we're talking about this is a sin that's not a sin uh specifically in our culture right now homosexuality transgenderism would be considered sinful behavior because they go against god's design and God's creation design. So uh, how would you deal with that, or how do you deal with that? I know when you were up in Iowa, you kind of got put in the hot seat a little bit on this issue um, uh, because of either a sermon you preached. It just happened to come out. I think the timing just happened to – it wasn't like you were purposely picking a fight, but you just were preaching through the text, and you came across the issue – of homosexuality in Des Moines, uh, they've had a long history of liberalism up there in that area because my friend Gary Rossberg lives up there and and uh, does a radio program, used to, up there. And he had to deal with that a lot. So how do you deal with that as a, as a church? Like when people say, well, you know what? We should be free to let them do what they want inside the confines of this community because they believe in Jesus. They believe he died on the cross. And we all agree on the gospel. How would you answer that? Okay, so we're specifically addressing the the sin of homosexuality. Yeah, in this, yeah, right? you because, can say that sin, but a black. Yeah. What I'm saying is a clearly defined sin in the Bible, something that is blatantly sinful. You could use adultery, you could use something, but you got people say, "Hey, listen, this is not worth splitting the church over. Right. Let's just love our brother. He just we, you know, he thinks it's okay that he does this, and and God's gonna." Forgive him because he died on the cross. How would you address that? Right, right. So I think there's a couple angles of it on this subject, and, and it's not just this one. Like you said, a lot of times people say, oh, Christians are just so anti-homosexuality. It's all you talk about. But actually, what's funny with that comment is 
uh, especially the secular media, when they talk to Christians, they're the ones who always bring up the subject. So we're just we're just answering questions, but then we get blamed that that's all we're talking about. Yeah. So it's like if you, if you want to talk about something else, I'm free to talk about that too. So, but this subject of homosexuality, I, I would say everything I'm about to say is the same thing with bestiality. It's going to be the same thing with adultery. Um, all of these things are called abominations to the Lord. Okay. God hates divorce. There's that. But but especially when you read the text on homosexuality, it's not just called a sin. It's called an abomination, which is a, a deeper depravity level, even when you study Romans to get to that place. So God has a very strong opinion about it. Um, and and so we need to have a strong opinion about it. Now, with when a brother or sister in Christ or a whole denomination, for that matter, says that that it's no longer a sin. Most of the time that I've talked to with them is that they actually have given up on an even deeper issue on the inerrancy of the scriptures in the original manuscripts. They actually start cutting out all the verses that talk about homosexuality and say, well, that was just Paul's opinion. That's not God's opinion. And with those that go into those arguments, their bigger, deeper sin is they are they are saying that the word of God is not really the word of God. They're they're cherry picking, cutting and slicing and dicing. And in a way, honestly, they're playing God about choosing which parts are from God and which parts are. And that's a pretty big deal when you start playing God and you start disagreeing when the scripture says that all scripture is God breathed. And now you're saying it's not. That's deeper of an issue. And that's actually why then subjects like homosexuality, it is so clear in the scriptures Never once is it talked about positively in the scriptures. It's always talked about negatively as not just sin, but an abomination. When you start cutting those things out, um, you're in very big trouble. That's unorthodox. That's called heresy. Mm -hmm. And churches in the history have divided over that. And I believe they should. But again, it's not just that sin. It could be these other sins I mentioned today as well. Things that are so crystal clear, so deep to the heart of God. And, um, and and written about not just once, but multiple times in the scripture, when you start saying that it's not a sin, you've, you are attacking the Bible itself, which going back to my, one of my values, biblical saturation, the Bible is the only source of authority. When, when someone says that this part's part is from God, this part isn't, then I just start saying, well, how do you know which part is, is what? And then, like I said, it's, it's really playing God. That's yeah. a big issue. It, it, it is a big issue. I was talking with my wife um, last night. Have you ever read the book Tactics by a guy named Gregory Kukul? I have not read it, but I've heard a lot about it and heard some podcasts it, on it. it. It's really good. Uh, she's read more than I have. I've only read the first chapter, but I really like what I read. He is really good at using questions to clarify, which Jesus was a master at using questions to then like I call it verbal jujitsu. He just would take some statement or argument and flip it right back to the people. Well, in in thinking about this issue, if you ask this question, Lloyd shared a, a, one of the things he said in the book that I thought was very helpful. When you're asked by somebody, well, what do you think about this? Ask the question, well, you know, can I ask you a question? Um, would you consider yourself a tolerant or an intolerant person? And, you know, most people are going to say, well, I'm tolerant. Well, then you say, well, I just want to make sure I'm safe to share with you if I have a different point of view than you do. Because some people 
will might say, you know, they're tolerant when in reality they're not tolerant uh, unless you agree with them. And I just want to make sure it's okay for me to share if I have a difference of opinion. So what do you do? You're kind of setting the stage for you to be able to share. And then if they say, yeah, but you people always think you're right, you know, uh, the people that believe what you believe. And I would say, yeah, but I, I believe you have the freedom to believe what you want to believe. Isn't that really the definition of tolerance? See, we've redefined tolerance in our lifetime. And Josh McDowell wrote about this 30 years ago, believe it or not, 30 years ago. He wrote about this in a book back in the 80s, and he said they're changing the definition of tolerance from meaning you're free to express a different opinion to you have to treat that opinion that's different with equal validity and authority as yours. And that's that's not tolerance. That was never what tolerance tolerance meant. You were allowed to have somebody else have a different of opinion than you. So I just was curious about that. But tell us real quick, uh, what happened in Des Moines? You you kind of opened up or you stirred up a hornet's nest when you were preaching because there were some things going on in Des Moines, Iowa, as you were the pastor up there. And then you got to how did you get embroiled in this controversy over this uh lgbtq issues up there what happened yeah so so actually the the way it went was this um we had planted a church there uh we were reaching the lost we were seeing god grow the church simultaneously there was an old church beautiful church building that the church in it had outgrown it they had built a new building so it a a christian couple bought this old beautiful imagine like a church chapel you know kind of place it's stained glass the whole works they bought it. They made it a wedding chapel, a bistro, and an art gallery. Okay, so they're they're doing that while we're planting this church somewhere, you know, nearby. And the Christian couple, and sadly, a, a, a homosexual couple, came in one day, and they said, "Hey, we want to have our wedding." But the Christian couple did not feel uh, uh, at peace to to hold that because the very nature of a wedding is celebration of something, and so they declined it lovingly. The, the homosexual couple sued them. Uh, the couple lost in the state. They got, they got sued by it. And then they were told by the state that you need to not have weddings or you can't decline. You can't decline or you're going to get even more trouble. So they chose to not have any weddings, to not be put in that place. Unfortunately, that was their biggest moneymaker. Plus, people in the community started boycotting them because they were so intolerant and so hateful, you know? Yeah. And so, um, but in that, I met the owners one week, and I happened to be doing a sermon that coming Sunday called Homosexuality, and here's how, why we were talking about it. It wasn't like my, it's not like my soapbox, and I talk about it all the time. We had never even talked about it for years in this church, um, not because we were afraid of it. We'd just go through, through verses of the Bible, and we just never covered it, you know? But anyway, we were doing this because we were in a short series where people in our church and the community, we asked them to vote on subjects. If you want to know what God says about a subject, tell us what subject you want to know that God speaks into. And homosexuality was one of the top five subjects people voted on. That's why I happened to be preaching on it. Wow. Well, this couple comes, long story short, they um, they started become, coming to our church, became members of our church, and next thing you know, they sold us the building. Okay, so they had to shut their business down because of everything that happened with the lawsuit. But then here's a church coming in, and this is what's sad to say, but a church is actually going to preach what God in the Word says about homosexuality, which is it is a sin, but God will forgive you. 
but it is a sin, yeah. right? And and so it was one of those things that we believe what man intended for evil, God intended for good because the church just exploded. We're on CNN, Fox News. You know, well, you all got all news. kind of coverage. I remember you sharing that. Well, and and when we come back, uh, I do. I want I want to talk about how God used it specifically in your life. Hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio. I have Pastor Ryan Jorgensen again of Salvation Church. It's a new church in St. Augustine. We'll be right back for our last segment on SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. This is Doug McCary of SWAT Radio. Welcome back to our last segment on Thursday, April 29th. We are live in the studio today with Pastor Ryan Jorgensen. Ryan is a pastor of Salvation Church, a new church plant in the North St. Johns County area. They're going to be doing a vision meeting on May 7th. Already had a couple. They're going to do one May 7th at 7 p.m. at Fruit Cove Baptist Church, Building A. Uh, you can email Ryan for more information at Ryan, R-Y-A-N, at salvationchurch.life. That's salvationchurch.life. You can go to their Facebook page at Salvation Church Jacks. And uh, they have one more meeting, another vision meeting after that one on the 7th on May 23rd at 1230 PM again. Ryan's been in ministry many years. He he pastored. He was a associate pastor, then he was a pastor for six years in Indiana, and then he uh, was a pastor in Iowa. We were talking a little bit about his Iowa experience because uh, there was a controversial case of a couple that owned a kind of an event place, a chapel. They ended up. Um, giving or not giving it they sold it to ryan and the church that was meeting there and ryan you know we talk about boldness as we've been going through acts and we talk about taking a stand and we're living in a time in america where people in canada are being persecuted for speaking the truth for for meeting not forsaking the assembling of themselves together and i i foresee a time here in our country 
we're taking a stand against uh, the LGBTQ, um, you know, their reality, uh, the transgender reality, that gender dysphoria, all that stuff is going to be costly. Did it cost you anything? Was it? Did you experience any blowback from the community? Um, any any kind of uh, negativity up there in the the media or anything when you uh, preached that message and took over that chapel? Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel I always felt bad for our our secretary or admin who had to answer the phone calls whenever you know when the New York Times story went out that I did you know that was all about that or after the CNN or after the four European TV stations or. Or, or so forth. I mean, every time we would do something like that, uh, we would get a wave of emails, Facebook messages, phone calls, and, and just, you know, um, it, it's what you would expect unbelievers to do. You know, I mean, it's just how it is. And, and yet um, I would be an unbeliever if it wasn't for the grace of God. So we just love them and we just let it bounce off. We, we grew thick skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and honestly, you know, in Acts it says, you know, we praise God that we were counted worthy enough to suffer dishonor for the name of Christ. Mm. Um, and so, again, we love everybody that would do that. And um, I, I'll just say this for the subjects of homosexuality. I mean, I've got a great brother in Christ who happens to be, you know, he has he's he's he fought he has fought um, homosexual um, actions in his life for years, uh, many years. But to this day, he will tell you and say. You know, it is clear in the scripture it's a sin. Um, I, I he has the tendencies for it, but he he fights it and by the grace of God, and um, and that's that's where people just need to get when they're sitting there saying God may be this way and it's okay. They're they're it, it's just throwing our fist up against God and what He has clearly said in the scriptures. And and until someone's humbled enough to say no, actually that's not what the scripture says. So now that I have these tendencies, what do I do with this? God help me. It's no different than like me. I might be. I don't have same sex attraction, but I have attraction for the for for women, mm-hmm. and and I have those temptations every day. But I know in God's word, He says one wife, right? And that's that's where it needs to stay. And so I fight temptations, and everybody's got different temptations. We got to fight, but it's clear mm-hmm. in the Scripture where the lines are drawn, where the fences are. That's always for our good and for God's glory. And so for those that are struggling with homosexuality or in it, I would just say, like, just go to the scriptures and see clearly where God stands on it. And then if you love Jesus, here's the key. If you love Jesus and want to obey him, obey him with your sexuality. Mm, that's good. Well, you know, and, and part of what you're talking about, too, if people are calling themselves believers, it is a discipleship issue. It is, He says, go make disciples, teaching them to obey what? All that I've commanded. Paul said, I have not, you know, I've, I've, um, I have declared the whole counsel of God. I've not ceased to preach the whole counsel of God. And so when you look at God's word, he is clear in his word about his design for marriage, his design for men and women to reproduce. And, you know, I, one of the things that, uh, you're, your exponential discipleship. We didn't really go back to those five core values. I want to say them one more time for the church. Biblical saturation, brave witness, compelling community, exponential discipleship, and passionate worship. Exponential discipleship, kind of expound on that just for a minute. What do you mean by that? Yeah. You know, we aren't trying to just make converts of Jesus Christ with the gospel. 
we want to make converts who become disciple makers. Every disciple should be able to make disciples of others. So that includes that every Christian, you should be able to get to a point where you can share the gospel with an unbeliever, but also that you can be able to take at least one other Christian that's just a little bit younger in the faith than you and start teaching them to obey everything that Jesus commanded them, to disciple people. Mm-hmm. I believe that every disciple should be able to disciple others. I'm not talking about gift sermons or, or teach whole classes or big Bible studies like you do, Doug. Those are yeah. special giftings and callings. But we're just talking about being one-on-one being able to disciple. So we're going to train people. And here's the problem with the American church. It is rare to find a church that actually has a training ministry to train people how to disciple other people. And we're going to have one of those. Um, but also then on the church-wide level, exponential discipleship is multiplying and dis- implanting other churches. So the first offering that our church will take in when we launch this fall, a portion of it will go to plant another church, whether it's down the road or across the ocean, wherever it's going to be, we'll figure that out. But we want it in our DNA that we're going to be a church that plants churches. Well, when people listening might say, well, you just said fall. When when, when are you actually meeting? I know we got a vision meeting on the 7th, or, or another vision meeting on the 23rd. When will the church actually start gathering to have, you know, reading of Scripture, teaching, exhortation, worship, uh, and music? When will that happen, right. Ryan? So. When we find those Christians that God is calling them to join the core group of this church plant, to make this their church and their mission and help launch it, uh, when we've got a number of those people already, and as those come, then we have meetings every other week, our core group meetings, and we get it. We have a devotion in God's Word. We pray together. We get ready, though, for the fall launch. When we launch, that's when we become your, t- your typical public worship service that's for believers, but also for unbelievers as well. Um, until then, we're meeting every other week. So I'd say the first thing is someone needs to figure out. They need to come to a vision meeting or contact me and learn more. But if, if someone says, I'm ready to jump in on this, then we invite them to the core group meetings. So, you know, I said this uh, either last week or the week before when we were teaching through this in Acts, that I think we've gone away from the New Testament model of the church being to grow the believers, not woo unbelievers. Doesn't mean unbelievers aren't welcome, um, but the church then, if you look at it, was clearly to grow believers to be conformed to the image of Christ for reproducing. Um, what do you think about that? Because you and I haven't really talked a lot about that. And I, I wonder, being a pastor, I, I don't get into too many conversations about it. Pastors sometimes get uncomfortable because it's just where we are as a culture. We've kind of morphed into something that almost looks more wooing unbelievers than it is uh, engaging, um, and or not engaging, but growing believers. Do you, just in light of what you just shared, what do you think about that? Because you just said, you know, we, we do. I'm just curious to know your yeah, thoughts. Yeah, yeah. So... The the primary goal, as we look at the scriptures, as we look at the New Testament, the primary goal is to edify the saints to go do the work of ministry, okay, and to lift Jesus high and worship together in corporate worship. So that's, that's very much centered around the believers. 
But but one of the most interesting passages in the New Testament is in First Corinthians when Paul starts saying, hey, and when you have unbelievers with you, and if you're speaking in tongues and not have an interpretation, then they're going to think it's crazy. And, and what's really interesting is he's acknowledging, one, there's unbelievers in the room, and two, you need to have them in mind, right? And three, when you think about it, you know, I've been the same then. I don't know. I just know how it is today. Still, most people, if they think, I might start figuring out and search after Christianity they, they'll, they'll definitely get online. They'll check things out online. But, but eventually, they're going to show up, probably not at a Bible study in someone's home. Still, statistically, they'll show up at a church service. And so we know it's like the front door after the online door. Uh, and so you want to have unbelievers in mind. So I know we're going to share the gospel often in our services because we hope there's unbelievers that are seeking after God that come and they're going to hear very clearly in our services but also the predominant goal for sure is to edify believers. So that's the fun of every service, every sermon, is you got unbelievers, how do we build them up, send them out to do the work of ministry, but also know there's unbelievers we need to reach at the same time. Well, I, I were you there when we talked about Ananias and Sapphira, or were you out of town? I, I think I was there. Yeah, because the, the, the statement that I picked up on there was nobody dared join them because they realized they were serious. Mm. And my whole point in all of that is that I think today we tend to gear. There's a difference between what Paul said and having believers in mind and making it where people are uncomfortable continuing in their pattern of sin, worshiping with God. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. So I'll put it this way. Um, they like one of the core values of ours compelling community which is the community of the christians is unbelievers meet people from our church in time we hope that they're like oh i want to be a part of that so they come to church and we want everybody to come as they are but very soon we want them to leave different yeah we want because you to can come changed. to jesus any way you exactly are, that's the but grace. You, he doesn't leave you the way but you are. we can't stay the same because the same grace that saves you changes you Amen. right Well, hey, Ryan, thank you for joining us. Hey, Salvation Church, real quick, one more time. May 7th, 7 p.m., May 23rd, 12.30 p.m. at Fruit Cove Baptist. They have envision meetings. Bring your kids. Ryan Jorgensen is a pastor, and he's going to be sharing uh, uh, about their launch in the fall. Glad you could join us today, Ryan. Thank you for being our guest. Thank you, Doug. Hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio. We'll be back. Hopefully we'll have them ready and uh, stream up and running tomorrow. Uh, Join us tomorrow. Taylor and I are going to be talking about, uh, again, the church divisions and maybe with women. Uh, Taylor wants to get in that a little bit tomorrow. So probably be interesting. Uh, Love for you to join us on SWAT Radio. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening